on the tee, Jack Nicholas. This is the minute that millions around the world have waited for. We will allow you to enjoy all of this. They are dancing in the pubs of Dublin. Harrington with an ace. And we have a shining star at sunset. Rory continues his run to greatness. The return to glory. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Boogeyman Golf Podcast hosted by Dave and Johnny. Just a quick reminder before we get into what's going to be an actually very, very busy podcast. Wanted to remind you that the Bogeyman Golf Podcast is brought to you by Tourism Northern Ireland. Now, each week in our partnership, we have been highlighting and focusing on a different golf course across Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland is actually just filled with golf courses. The research that we were doing into this, we had to try and narrow it down to eight golf courses, which is actually a lot tougher than we thought. But this week, we're going to be talking about a golf course that has quickly become both a favorite amongst myself and Dave. Dave, we're going to be talking about Ardglass Golf Club. Yeah, we kind of said we'd take a course each and go through it in detail and be able to like fill out the bullet points and and do this. And I was thrilled when this came up as mine, to be honest. <laughs> um, for anyone who hasn't been there, uh, maybe take a look on our YouTube channel and you'll see kind of a course vlog profile from our um, Nuria Morn or Down Classic event that was held there back in October um, where we were lucky enough to play Dan Patrick, Roy County Down and our class. And I like, felt, I fell in love with this place. And I think it comes across in the video. I was like, I had heard so much about it as a hidden gem. And it has obviously since Paul Vaughan has gone in there, like it has improved and improved and improved and changes have been made and always for the better of the experience. And Honestly, from start to finish, the place is just so cool, Johnny. Like, it's in the middle of town. It ha- it like in the way that St Andrews is in the middle of town. This is in the middle of the village, basically. Um, I'll I'll give you a bit more of the like the backstory of it. Like, it does go. It's it it's it's very very unique in that it has probably the oldest golf clubhouse that is in existence anywhere in the world uh the clubhouse dates back to like 1405 but everything is in the clubhouse as well as in you go in and it's the like the locker rooms and everything downstairs are super modern it has a really really cool shop there's an interesting thing with the logos as well for people who are into their gear too they actually have a marketing logo and then the club crest and there's like little subtle differences between it. And this is the genius of the place as well as well is that they kind of appeal to loads of audiences. Those who are the traditional ones love the crest as opposed to maybe someone wants something a bit cooler. Anyway, that's just part of the experience. The clubhouse and the bar is upstairs. It's absolutely gorgeous. But literally the first tee box feels like it's in the front door of the place. Mm. And you play out across this. It feels like you've got all of Ireland to hit on your right hand side. <laughs> <laughs> you really shouldn't go left and into the Irish Sea, but that can happen. But the course dates back to like 1896. It started off as like a seven-hole course, went to a nine-hole in 1907, and in the 60s was expanded out to 18 holes. Now, since then, I suppose the designers of repute that would have had their hand on it since then was Dave Jones in around 1990, I believe made a few changes and then most recently and currently as we speak 
the the dab hand of Ken Carney is is has has taken over and he's making some significant changes, notably to the fifth actually, as Paul Vaughan calls it, like the world's shortest par five, and he's doing he's doing a fair bit there. So like they've evolved so well over time, and I suppose as their reputation has grown as well, Johnny. Yeah, our glass is a really interesting story because I, it's funny you opened it. It's one of those hidden gems. I think as its name has yeah, grown, the stature is the least hidden hidden gem yeah. on the island of Ireland. But whenever you talk to, when we spoke to Paul or or any of the members about about our glass, they've really seen a benefit and a rise in in green fees, particularly from Americans as. For a while, our glass was paired or pitched or marketed as like a an accompanying or a sister course to people that wanted to come over to play or CD. But now very much that's grown into its own identity where people are making journeys to play our glass as, as the kind of signature or standalone golf course. And like the fact that it's only two hours from Dublin, every person that I talk to that hasn't played our glass, I'm telling them get up there it's actually a very very easy journey it's up and back and it's well well worth it like it's a i think yeah one of my favorite holes on that golf course and probably one of my favorite holes in ireland is um the par four fourth hole isn't that it yes yeah i thought you're gonna you're taking it away from me i thought you're gonna go another hole that i said that to you at the time i was like this when you get to the top of the hill Listen, the first four and or the first three are no slouch either. By the no, way, no. by the time you get there, like first is incredibly cool. Second is an awesome part three across, and then you work your way to the fourth, and you kind of rise up onto onto a plateau, and you basically it feels like you're looking toward. You could look as far as Dublin. It it has that view to it, and it's just a stunning hole. As in, you it's just all laid out for you. It's like here's the challenge, but you're surrounded by that kind of gray jagged um rock raw kind of almost aggressive landscape around you and then you've got this kind of haven of a fairway that just runs out in front of you but it's oh it's just stunning to be honest i like there's a couple of holes in that place that just live so long in the memory uh for me there that, that number four um number 11 and number 12 and like I don't think three finer holes you'll never see. In fact, actually, the stretch 10, 11, 12 is spectacular. Yeah. No, it is. It, it's a course where I think we, we kind of documented it and actually did, did pretty much a whole podcast about our glass after we played it, where we, we like the first four holes are a great block of holes and then kind of six, seven, eight are another lovely stretch. And then also, again, that nine, 10, the 10, 11, 12 you're talking about, and then you come in to finish with like 18, as you, as you kind of mentioned, it's, it's very much in the town. And when you step up on 18 T you're looking down because it's an elevated T you're looking down to 18 green and across to first T and then behind the clubhouse is just the Harbor of, of, of our glass town and lining the ferry on your left are all the houses. And it really does feel like you, you are, you're in, in the village in the same way. Like, I guess if you're, you look at the first at like Ballybunion, we have the cemetery and then there's the houses kind of all along the, the edge of the hole. It's a, uh, yeah, you really feel like you're in it, which is, which is nice. It's a big change from, I guess, my experience or growing up in like resort or p- parkland golf courses, which are tree lined and fairly secluded from 
the village or the town it's it's nice you definitely feel like you're within the town which is as lovely and also just ties so well into like into the vibe of the club like when you get on site the second you get there you're greeted with like friendly smiley faces everyone is just mm-hmm. genuinely delighted to have you there which is like you can turn up to a lot of places where they just want your money and <laughs> that's it yeah but and and i suppose as well if you're if you're trying to think of what maybe the course conditions are like so it's not pure links land yeah. either it's cliff top links i suppose is the best way to describe it so you will have kind of varying surfaces around actually around the course in fairness middle of summer at the height of it it will play fast and hard um similar to how castle rock actually would have uh, when it gets when it gets that level like we played it in october and it's still like absolutely rapid so oh, yeah you don't you don't get it, it's not a parkland as such it's I think the the land around it, like it reminds you at certain holes, like a mini old head kind of vibe to it, where sure. it juts out in a peninsula, sits up above the kind of 20, 30 foot above the water line or the sea, sorry, the sea line. And, um, and it's just for use for days. And it just, the, the course, if you like, arcs around in a U shape following the perimeter of the peninsula. And with the practice ground actually in the middle of it, would you believe, like, uh, out towards kind of a cluster of holes around eight, seven, eight, um, and actually 16 as well. So it's oh, just so enjoyable, like cannot recommend it enough. It's two hours from Dublin. It's only an hour from Belfast. Mm. And like from an accessibility perspective, like if you're, if you're in Northside Dublin, it'd take you an hour nearly to get down to the South side. It would take you, genuinely you'd actually from my house here i think you're in the north north side of dublin city you're you'll be you'll be up there in less than two hours so go up if you haven't you're going you're just going to hear more about it it's just going to become harder to get on uh over time and and rightly so because it should be in demand like as you said the hidden gem moniker on this is kind of very very quickly running out yes. it's like it's just it's, it's, it's just thin now at this point it's just a gem that's what yeah. that's what it is it's just a gem yeah, and I guess if you want to see more about our Glass Golf Club, like we have, like I said, we have the video on the YouTube channel. Go check it out. We got it on a very good day as well, which really just sells the place more. But it's ten of ten. You must go, must go see. So it was a admittedly quieter week on professional golfing front. I guess Live My Cahoba had their first event, which just because we're on this side of the Atlantic, you can't, you can't watch it now anymore, which is, I don't know, a good thing or a bad thing. You just can't. I actually, it. I downloaded the app. Can you, can you watch it via the app? Can you, you can watch it via the app. Okay. Usually those apps it's are geo-blocked. Fucking shite. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking shite people. Don't watch it. It's a waste of your fucking time. It's just impossible to get on with. So uh, I didn't want to start with this. Actually, I didn't think we were going to start with this. So I didn't think we, I, no, I, I was no, going to use this as a point to get to where I was right? Like the uh, the on course commentary is is some of the worst you'll ever hear. They they try and kind of like crack jokes between the the tower and the on course, and there was a couple of times where even on commentary there was like an awkward silence around what the fuck was just said there like as in there it's so off the wall and trying to be so cool to the point that it's indecipherable what even they're what they're even talking about they have no real golf expert on the ground 
less so in the tower. Like David Ferty is the, I suppose, close, closest golf expert slash analyst. And let's face it, when he was at Golf Channel, he was merely like color in terms yeah. of adding color to and humor, etc. And whereas now it's just terrible. And the problem being is that <laughs> the problem or the issue that they wanted to solve using the shotgun start has actually proved to be a complete pain in the arse for them as well. In that you just have people hitting shots at the exact same time now. So there's too much going on that you don't actually see what's happening at all. As in, now you've got the the opposite problem where if at if the shotgun starts at two o'clock, like who who do you go to straight away? Like what what are you tracking? Are you tracking the team event? Are you tracking the individuals? Or are you just tracking the names? Because like we're not tracking Charles Howell the third who ended up winning four <laughs> yeah, and a half. I was gonna ago. say you don't you definitely you don't know? open with him. Like that's not where you go with this. So you get all these people and because the nature of the shotgun start, it's not like you're going to be, it's not like he's two groups ahead or one group ahead. What it is is showing the virtue of actually a staggered start and a one T start because Charles Howell was finishing at the same time as DJ. So they're not getting their eyes on their best people and yeah. the best people are not getting, getting the airtime that I suppose they, that live would have hoped. So yeah. if they don't have their good people perform, how relevant actually are they to, so if Cam doesn't perform, DJ doesn't perform, Brooks doesn't perform, like there's your three that are like, good, that, that, that's not going to do much for the old ratings. And like like a, a battle between Pat Perez and Charles Howell III and Brandon Steele, he's gone, isn't he? Or someone yeah. of that, or Dean Burmester. Yeah, like Peter Uline. Or Peter Uline. That's not going to light the coals of many a casual golf follower. And we are looking at an alt event, which literally lit fire on the back nine on Sunday. Yeah. And you're going, uh, not never, not to mind that you actually had to download the app to actually view it or have that weird channel. I don't know what this channel actually is. CW. Fucking disaster, Johnny. Just, I'll just save everyone the bother. I turned it on for five minutes and I was like, nope, just can't do it. Cannot do it. That's so interesting because it's obviously not a anti, that's not really an anti live take. You just watched it and you're like, this is awful. I just went, this is crap. Like, I really did. Like, I just had no patience with it, knowing what was happening on the time. Effectively, well, there was an hour in the difference in time zone, I think it was. I think by nature of the shotgun start, though, they were finishing around the same time. And you just had, like, a cool story of a guy I actually happened to play a couple of holes with previously blasting his way into contention. And you're like, this is pretty cool. Okay, so you kind of touched upon a great talking point there, but before we get in get into that, did you watch much of Honda? So I watched it purely more for the Shane storyline. Obviously, what happened to him last year, it was so dramatic that you really wanted to, and all of the commentators, because he was probably the lowest ranked player in the field. He was definitely the biggest name in the field. Everyone kind of ran that narrative yeah. of, oh, the event or the weather stole it from Shane Larry last year and Seth Straka came in and, and, and took the win. So that's the only real reason that I, I tuned in. I thought it was I thought it was a fine event. You could definitely see that the production value was less in comparison to the last few kind of designated events that we've been watching. Still still pretty entertaining, but it really does feel like a non designated event doesn't really get going until the back nine on Sunday. 
this is what they're going to have to deal with with the non-designated stuff. It's just not going to have the interest until the real stories emerge and they yeah. will only emerge. The, the stories that will really hook people in will only emerge by midday on Sunday. Yeah. And look, if that's, you, if that's the time they're going to be battling for them, fine. Yeah, because theoretically there were some great stories coming down the stretch on Sunday. Like the fact that there was a Monday qualifier in there who finished like top five in the event and yeah. he made he made Gerard. hundreds of thousands yeah and yeah. then um chris kirk's story the like, chris kirk story is back amazing. from being an alcoholic to this like literally having down the clubs and then you look at what's happened to him this year and you're just like he's like fifth in strokes gained worldwide <laughs> like and you're going like chris who to at a point like you're going how like we do, we don't even know who the like guy who's ranked fifth in strokes gained around the world like fifth effectively the fifth strongest golfer in the world by playing right only this year and you're like oh my god there are so many stories going on like shane's story like is was is the emotional drain probably too much over the course of to, to sustain is that adrenaline going to get you through for the whole thing and it like a really horrible situation for he and his family and you're just yes. like that that story starts to play into it and you're hoping that like he can like pull it out of the bag because it would mean imagine how much that would have meant and yeah and you're just going this is these are tangible stories that you can just latch onto that the other crowd just don't seem interested in it's yes. like, nah, we're just loud. We're just like, this is fun. Like everyone's having fun. <laughs> and you're like, no, no, I actually want to know about people. That's why, yeah, that's why sport is cool. And then one of the one of the biggest and most played out narratives, particularly on the last day, was one of the players who you said that you've played a few holes with or played around with was it was a few holes, yeah. Uh, was he ended up coming second, Eric Cole? Yeah. Um, um so actually the reason i was really interested and i watched a fair bit of it i actually played pga national in november so i was actually vested in like what are they doing at this hole because so they pull it from the seven par 72 back to a par 70 they take out two of the par fives back into par fours now they are really par fours to be honest they're just strong ones and i was like do you know you're kind of been a bit of a golf nerd and you're like what club did they hit here like what club did they hit in 15 like i really want to know what they hit in 15 and i really want to know what they hit in 17 and i really wanted to see where they were driving it to on 18 because you want to because like you're you're benchmarking it off what you did and stuff so i was like it was pretty pretty interesting that side of it i'd never actually done that with a pga tour event before where it's like it's actually relatable and relevant so that was pretty cool. And then actually, Eric Cole, I played a, in a place called Tequesta with a friend of mine who's a member there. Sure. Uh, a lovely place in Jupiter, like a real family club that has literally coming out of its ears tour pros at all levels. And I mean, like from Russ Cochran right down to this guy, Eric Cole, to LPGA players, just a lovely course um, in just in main in the town of Jupiter, basically. And the guy playing it was his actually was his college roommate, and he just joined us. He was finishing and just joined us for a couple of holes. And <laughs> this is where it's just like the guy is tiny, like he's like a jockey. He's like he's no, he's like a five k <laughs> runner. He's that he's just a whip of a fella. And my mate was explaining like how he's like country corn fairy. Didn't know. Oh, I don't know if he'll make it. Hopefully he does. 
so many of them down here like the guys earned like 150 grand on the mini tours in the last like six or seven years and then sure. obviously his corn fair year like an interesting story it comes from a background his mum was an lpga pro his dad was a pro um like life is golf basically like lives for it and yeah. then gets his uh, i think what was greg saying he's like oh yeah it only takes 34 years to be an overnight success and it's like <laughs> He's 34, he's in his rookie year. The stat flashes up that he'd earned 200 grand last year on Corn Ferry. Gosh. And he won four times that in one go. It could have been eight times that had yeah. he not lipped out on the last. You're just like, like here are relatable stories. Like you genuinely can latch onto this, support it, pick your man coming down the last. Like, like going into that playoff, like you were it would be perfectly acceptable to be riding hard for Chris Kirk or Eric Cole and like, yeah, back and back your man, like Osford on the last, he comes up short by about six inches. The ball bounces off the rocks and nearly goes through the windscreen of the car out in the lake. <laughs> and like, here's that story. It's kind of a redemption story that's coming versus the guy who's been grinding away at it all his life and has one chance now to, literally in his and this is the other side he it's in his hometown yeah so that's how close this all was yeah it was two two incredibly different routes to, to get to the same finishing points but i remember watching because was it well cole blasted his drive out into the, the shift basically on the on the left um and and really it was all there for for chris kirk in the in the actual like on the 72nd hole of regulation play and straight away he knew it was it was dead. He hit it, and he straight away knew it was it was absolutely dust. Now it was a lot closer than I think he was giving her credit oh, for. It was it was genuinely it was off the top rock. three yeah. inches, like like genuine. As in, it didn't come back at him. It went up and back, like as yeah. in it was that close. I bet you the guys from Honda were like, uh, like what are the odds of this golf ball, this car getting hit by a golf ball like over the four days? I'd say f- fairly slim. That shot gave it a good gave it a good chance. It was it funny, but it's where where the ball came down as the camera from behind Chris Kirk picked it up. It came down like at the H of Honda with the car in the background, and I was like, <laughs> if that's gonna be like the image that festoons this event or like puts a puts the exclamation mark on this event, like how cool would that be? Yeah. And then they go back down, and it, what a hole! Like yeah. what a playoff hole! Like honestly. It's funny as well, like because isn't there talk that this is going to be the last time Honda is going to be? Going they to be are there? gone from this year, like second longest, longest yeah. running sponsorship in the PGA Tour, wasn't it? Could you imagine the finishing image of the event not being Chris Kirk winning or Eric Cole winning, however, on the seventy second hole, but Chris Kirk bouncing a golf ball off the fringe of the green and smashing the windscreen smashing of the car? The windscreen like, of the car. What what an unbelievable just. Like depiction of the tour event coming to an end. Obviously, very sad, but also a very funny image. If it was very to. funny, it'd be there'd be like there'd be uh, what is the some sort of a tragedy, a tragic end to the whole thing. It'd be like just all goes up in smoke, like the car lights on fire, burns the Honda sign, and just <laughs> it all goes to shit really quick. Just in flames whilst floating yeah. on the water. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, on that on that hole, actually, like. I swear to God, Johnny, you wouldn't hit a fucking wedge into that pin. Like, it's that hard to get. It's like, it's phenomenal. Like, when you see this, like, that pin, by, by virtue of where it ends the stand as well, it just looks like it's floating in thin air. 
yeah. in, the, in the middle of water on a saucer. And it's actually very, very cool. But the whole, yeah, the whole weekend was centered first around me kind of looking at it with a curious eye, having known what people, what I hit into certain holes and then how they played it. And then was completely enveloped into the into the story of of what was going on For sure. on, on Sunday. What's Eric Cole like? Uh, like, uh, for like to be honest, I was like, <laughs> oh, I wish I actually spoke to him a bit more or something now because it was just like, <laughs> oh, just a fella that he knew that looked like he could really play, like kind of. <laughs> that, that was it. And then I I texted him. I was like, oh, is that is that your man who <laughs> play? He's like, yeah, that's my roommate. So yeah, yeah, if I knew them, would I know now? But like, listen, if you're down there in that neck of the woods, like the chances are anyone who you come into come in contact with is, is a fella who's probably better than everybody you know of playing golf. There just happens have... to be millions <laughs> of them down there. You might have to give your mate a uh, a call to see if he, if his old roommate wants to come on the podcast for a chat. Just on a chat, actually. Do you know what? You never know. You could get him on. Like these guys are these guys do get the like any publicity is good publicity. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> even if it's a random Irish golf podcast but like you were saying like he won what four times what in that one week what he made all last season on the, on the corn ferry like okay yeah he didn't get the win but you gotta think that that's that's his next six nine months kind of or like could his- be the card like like one, the- like four or five like I'd say four or five hundred k more will be his card so like he is basically another seven months to get to get that like hell you go into one hot week again i assume he may go down to puerto rico and because he's got so many but obviously his his status will will increase as well now he did have status but like goes to puerto rico gets the uh, gets the alternate events the week of the masters etc i'm sure who knows yeah because i mean obviously not the winner but like Still winning, still, still, still doing winning. very well. Yeah, million, million bucks. Like so, like I assume I'm just checking the old um the uh the entry list, and he no, he isn't in actually this week. He's obviously given us this week off. Well, so this and week, this week's um that's co sanctioned, isn't it? This week. Well, so this week's the Arnold Palmer. He is in. Eric Cole, 6, 6.34. Oh, isn't it? Sorry, he is in this week. Sorry, it's Puerto Rico Open is the alternate. Sorry, there's an alternate event in the US this week. Sorry, it's oh, he is in Arnold Palmer, yeah. Yeah, Puerto Rico's on as well. Which you got to is... think that he got into that then off the second place finish. You would imagine that would be, yeah, top 10 the week before normally normally advance. Well, the fact that it was elevated, you wouldn't know. So here he is. Yeah. He, like, he is another, like, so Arnold Palmer, that's Orlando. That's another local course to him. Well, relatively local. So, and there he goes. The guy's winning. Like that's for twenty mil, and he comes out and he does another top thirty, and there is your makes a cut basically, and he's nearly nearly at his at the number. Yeah. Do you know who's a player that's been kind of sneaky going under the radar the last few weeks and playing in the PGA Tour from a European perspective? Is Adrian Moronk. So yeah, yeah, obviously he. uh like won the Irish Open there last year. Um, he won again. Then pretty soon after that, he won the ISPS Handout Australian Open. I saw that he was playing in the in this event. Mm-hmm. So he played three PGA Tour events. He's now moved up to fifty second in the uh, official World Golf Rankings. Like he's had a tied fourteenth at the Honda Classic there last week. That was a sneaky under the radar good result. 
Oh, it's just fucking tragic for the European tour, though, isn't it? There's another one gone. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough for the tour. I mean, it, it's because it's really interesting because I, I'm going to look at this purely from a rider. Okay, yeah, do, 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 glasses. Yeah. Robert McIntyre at the start of or the end of last season said he's going to solely play or play as much DP World Tour this year as he can because that's his greatest chance of getting onto the team. Because if you go and look at like the world rankings for what the world's qualification points for the Ryder Cup, you got to think that Rory, Ram, Shane slash Maffitt slash Seamus slash Tyrrell are going to be competing for that third spot. Mm-hmm. Adrian Moronk, if he keeps playing PGA Tour events, is probably not going to catch those boys. But then he's just going to continually drop on the European side. And like the guy played very, very well at the Hero Cup. Like he won, I think he won three of his four points. So he's a player who's playing very well. Obviously but there's, a, there's enough captain's picks there to pick him up if he has the form on it. Yeah. But would you Re- pick Realistically. Would you, would you pick him over? We're getting into a Ryder Cup conversation. I know, but yeah, if he but if he just misses, if he just misses, for example, from on the US side, and he's yeah. like, say, manages to pull himself up to say top thirty in the US, then he's yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. But so I think like, do you think he, he's going to fall between a rock and a hard place? I think he will actually. To be honest with you, because yeah, that's you, have, you have three guys on each tour, say like PGA. Three picks, three pick, three qualifications from PGA, three qualifications from DP World Tour, and so let's say that it's Shane who's in the spot already, Rory and John Ram. Realistically, you're gonna pick Hovland, Tyrrell Hatton, Matt Fitz. So that's six, six, six guys gone, and then whoever takes it from the European Tour, those three spots, that leaves you with three picks. Do you think he'd be in that 12? I don't know who's in that Ryder Cup team at the moment, but I think he'll actually end up falling between a rock and a hard place, as you said. I'd not researched on this, so I haven't. No, <laughs> me neither. Um, so that was uh, the US. I think we've already covered on that. Um, yeah, so they're off to Arnold Palmer this week, elevated 20 mil. Loads of cash for the boys because they're short of a few quid. Um, a pretty cool course actually. That we played there in January. <laughs> I mean, you you played there recently as well. Yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, tight, rough up to your oxters. Um, you'd lose your shoes. Never mind your fucking golf ball in it. Uh, you can kind of see how they protect it. It's not a beast of a course, but the wind blows and Jesus, it's. It's cool. It was it's it was uh, a proper peach of a course. Um to be honest, I haven't looked at who I'm fancying for it yet. Other than to say like Jason Day is probably trending at a level that I think could be pretty interesting. Really? And yeah, it's just thought he was just playing close. Um like an unbelievable like when I say there's a premium on, on irons at this place. I mean, there is an outrageous premium on iron play, which would bring the likes of he into it. Um, and obviously, Rory, like, I don't think JT has gone, gone well enough to, at the moment, I think he's kind of flattering to deceive, to be honest. Okay. But, uh, yeah, so we're into a stretch of another, uh, another elevated event. I think it's like three out of the last four, or, or three, 
three out of four that we've had obviously Genesis not last week and then the next two are all massively elevated like this, there's three out of four events but oh well so if last if we count um we you count the Honda as well like you had Phoenix yeah you had Riv so yeah five out of okay so if we if you actually went down that route and said five out of the last four out of the last five events there was eighty five million up for grabs. <laughs> 85 <laughs> million. Um, so yeah, it was just, but the, the best part about it is is that four out of the last five events, we're seeing all the best lads come together and you're seeing them regularly. Which is look, that was the idea behind all this hoopla that they went, um, or about in, in Delaware last year. So I'll definitely be watching. This is a good one. Florida times are oh. good for us for my, for 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 golf watching. It's particularly good. Yeah, we I we are going on a, a trip down to Galway. Uh, a few of my friends and our respective others. Um, so I don't know how much golf I'm going to get to watch, which is disappointing. I'll definitely get to watch Sunday. You get Sunday, you see. So you're all right. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Maybe we'll, we'll see. Uh, I will watch enough for both of us. I have to Oops. tell you, which Sorry. is great. It's yeah. Again, it'll be another course to be interesting. What did they hit there? Where did this go? You kind of get a full view of what the what the challenge is. Um, to to these guys. So, you'll be a oh look. I'm I'm yeah. actually really looking forward to it. To be honest, all the same, you'll miss Bryson trying to drive over the lake. At the green and then giving it the two fisted. Fucking hell, Johnny! Like I stood on that tee box and saw where that was, and I swear to God, not if I shot it out of a fucking cannon, no. would you get it? Like I like remember he flew it over the bunker. Yeah, like the, that was about eighty yards. I think that bunker's about eighty yards short. I cannot tell you how far right compared to that I had to aim, and like now wind was different. In fairness, I think the wind was waiting for that. The wind was yeah, into was, us, yeah. into us off the right. So you're having to aim way out right. Like what felt like, I probably aimed it 150, maybe 200 yards right of where he aimed it. Jesus. Easily 150 yards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I just laid up be at that bunker. So it's like so cool, like to to actually put that into context of how far. 370 yards of a carry or 360 yards of a carry is. Um, you forget that Scotty Scheffler won this last year. Yeah. Like, this oh, yeah, is this, this is... This is the start of, of that stretch rampage. where he won everything, yeah. Yeah. But on, on the on the Bryson thing as well, yes, this is where you do miss that kind of stuff. This kind of madness, you know, where he was kind of golden Lee Westwood and Lee Westwood responding. Then we just get it, like, it looks like it's all a bit of crack. And, you know, I was like, yeah, it's just a pity that... He's not there. Or does he play golf anymore? I think technically he does. Does he? Yeah, he's still he's still a professional. He's not a YouTuber now, is he? <laughs> Biting Jake Paul in a boxing match or something. <laughs> that'll be next. Yeah, like yeah, it, that that'll be next. Close. Yeah, so we've got that to come. Um, so that's a good weekend of golf. We had it's a down weekend. Mar- DP World Tour. DP well. World Tour, but. <laughs> They played what looked like, like grown up crazy golf. It looked like, wild. It looked mental, like it looked like Gary Player was on his good drugs that week when he <laughs> when he uh, 
when he designed that place. Like it looks a few hillsprints for you. Oh my god. Like so bonkers, like genuinely such a bonkers course, but looks unbelievably cool on TV. Uh, so Marcel seen one despite himself. Yeah. Um like uh, as as spread eagle the field as you will ever, ever, ever come across. And you're like 14 under was leading after two rounds. The cut was five over. Like, I don't think I've ever heard of a 19 shot spread. It was so it was so weird because obviously we we met up to film uh, the piece settlement you did and we were watching a few holes just beforehand. And yeah, the fact that the leader, Yannick Paul at the time on, on the Friday was 10 under, second place was five under. And then the cut was five over. You were like, what is going on? This is absolute, absolute chaos. But in, in that's great. You know, I, I think yeah. you, can, you kind of enjoy that level of chaos where, you know, I don't think you can take a huge amount from it. Like, so no. if you look at like Bob McIntyre, who's fighting to be on the Ryder Cup team, but form is kind of going one way, still made the cut, but you're like, I don't know if you can take a huge amount from, from that performance because it's just, like I said, crazy golf. And honestly, they like the crazy golf continued to the 72nd hole. As yeah. in, like, Seam went down, like, had done so well down the stretch to put himself one ahead of Yannick Paul playing in the in the same group, going up the last par five. Good drives by both of them. Paul lays up, like, Seam went to lay up, and I swear to God, Adarn, all of India to hit on the right side, nearly puts it in the water. And like couldn't find his ball for a couple of, for for like a minute or thirty seconds, and Paul's caddy found it. Yes. So obviously buried, had a wedge in, like over water, probably a hundred yards, but like eighty yard carry over water. Nearly couldn't get it to the green. Gets there, Paul uh makes par, so Seam has to make par to win has a 30-foot putt and leaves a four-foot short. And you're just like, oh, do not do this. Like, given all that he, where he's come from, right back, lost that as Challenge Tour, wins on Challenge Tour, Q-School gets his card back fully. Please don't do this to yourself. Please, please don't do this. And he, like, did it to himself. And you're like, oh, good God. And then actually hold the putt at the end. And I was so surprised to see that putt go in. I thought he was scrambled. I genuinely thought his head would have been scrambled at that stage. Yeah, I think if you look into the Marcel Seam story, like you kind of alluded to it there, he's obviously went down to Challenge Tour, bounced back, got his win there. And it's like, he's, he, here's a quote here after his post-round interview after he, won, after he won. Two years ago, I wasn't even sure if I could still compete in the DP World Tour. And now I'm a winner again. Like, it, it's very, very special for something like that where a guy loses it essentially yeah, fully did fully loses it and then comes back and, and wins like the margins similar to what's going on what we saw on the pga tour with chris kirk's win golf is full of these wild stories of people just ebbing and flowing some people's ebbs are a lot deeper than others but it just shows that they can you know if you've got their mental fortitude you can come back and you can you can win on the biggest stage which is just like very very cool again also Seamus is a very popular winner like everyone was delighted for him yeah like genuinely seems to be it's a I think he's he has settled and mellowed a lot over over the years I think he was he about 43 so like he's been around a long time 
like a long, long time. I think 20, 22 years he was saying that he's been doing this. And like probably more recently has been at his lowest of lows rather than the highest of highs. And like, look, I know it wasn't from a field perspective the strongest and the prize money is big, but I keep on waffling on about prize money, don't I? And But it, it's, it's, it's all right. It's, it's, it is, but it's it's all relevant. Like, so it was a quarter of a million quid. And you're like genuinely rooting for for this person to come in and they do which is which is mega like genuinely just you'd just be so thrilled for for that kind of story look here's here this is what we're talking about again like it's the story of the person who wins rather than just their person in isolation that you've no attachment to or you've nothing that you can latch on to and he goes and he does that and you're just like this is pretty cool yeah, I mean, with like, I don't know Marcel Seam's full story, but it's eight years and 116 days since his last DP World Tour win. Like, it doesn't matter if you're an unbelievable talent to go through anything in life that long without like success or winning. You have to you have to be really, really strong mentally to come back from that. And as I said, when he was on his way back, it was it came down to the last hole and it looked like he was all of this was coming down to playing this hole sensibly. And he tried to, and it nearly bit him in the arse, to be honest. And he's just like, oh God, please just don't let this happen. Because you just want the that story to, the, the circle to be rounded on all of that. Look, it was, and it was great. So yeah, so there was plenty of, Plenty of cool stuff, like two quieter tournaments from a profile perspective, but yet they throw up a bit of bit of drama on a Sunday when everyone's watching a bit of TV. Like I'm, I'm not really that bothered by a lot of it that happens from Monday to Friday, no. or anyway. Like no, even if it's a major, to be honest, like you're who makes the cut. But like we all know, like the weekend is where it's a weekend viewing is where it's at, and both of them performed, and I'll watch that as quick as I'd watch. As I'll watch anything else, if it's if it's golf and it's on TV and just not on that stupid fucking app, I'll watch it. <laughs> Are you going to be playing much then this weekend? Are you playing <clears> at all, getting out? Uh, a fair bit of practice, actually. I played a couple times over the weekend. I just fucking cannot score. Jesus Christ, it's doing my head in. Um, yeah, I think everything kind of kicks off this month. I think late time Betty Stan Scratch Cup is the end of the month. And then it leads into um, the qualifier for the West. I probably won't get into the main field, but hopefully the qualifier. And then, yeah, because I'd want to get my finger out if you're going to start playing any kind of a decent, <laughs> decent bit of golf over the next while. Like the like my, start of March, it all yeah, it all kicks off. To be honest, there's a just kind of three events in three weeks. This is the Ross Pennant Scratch Cup. There's another one in Donegal as well, and then there's um the West. So you're actually leaving out what is actually going to be your first championship or competition. Before any of that. So this Thursday, we're both heading down to Muskerry Golf Club. Oh, yeah. And we're playing an alternate shot match at Muskerry Golf Club with Irish international hockey player slash Olympian Nicky Daly and Cork multiple All-Ireland champion winner Valerie Mulcahy. So... We're playing, we're playing an odd shot. It'll be myself and I think Nikki against yourself and Valerie. It's the hockey crowd against the guy crowd. 
that's it pretty much yeah it'll be great yeah. fun i think this will, this will be brilliant and we're both it'll be another good showing for us in our gimme golf clothing gear which is great those guys have got a new drop of clothes coming out in the next week or so um from what we've seen and what we have like you can if you're actually you're definitely not watching this because this is a podcast but if when you watch the next few videos you will see dave and myself in our new gimme golf gear so if you guys go to visit gimmegolfclothing.com enter in bogeyman15 at checkout you get 15 percent off the gear is very very nice it's a good it's another irish business make sure to support them but i've never played muskery golf club before nope neither have i cool so we're going into a blind yeah are we going to set some kind of ground rules for this so with with all shot is it just a flat oh, game in the face. or how are we doing this body shots only no hitting body shots <laughs> <laughs> um we will be doing because i played a foursomes event a couple of weeks ago when juliet and the way that they did it obviously it's for a different, very different setup they took our two handicaps added them together and divided them by two two handicaps and nine holes to 50 percent of the difference okay so we'll yeah that, that that'll work i think um yeah, that'll work. This would be good fun. We need to come up with a forfeit as well for the loser. We need to we need to have some kind of high stakes on this. <laughs> Just buy <laughs> loser buys lunch. Loser buys lunch. Fair loser enough. Loser buys lunch. That's fair enough. We we can do that, yeah. So um yeah, so I'm looking forward to getting down. Can't wait to so see am I. Like, so am I. Yeah. Uh, I've so heard we'll good things about the golf course. And also like Nikki and Valerie are 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 <clears throat> good players and a lot of fun. I actually play spend a bit of time with them during the women's irish open down in Dromoen castle and um ah, they they love their golf and they they're they're great crack they're very very fun so um yeah they're uh they're in they have a, a serious golf group down there now especially <laughs> in, uh, emma and jackie hurley and there's a load of them like they're yeah, just like, absolutely Lisa Maguire's in there as well they're all addicts like they have they're worse they're worse than us it's honest. a who's so, who to be honest of it is a who's who uh so we will be yeah that's on that's on thursday so that'll be out in the next couple of weeks um which is going to be pretty fun it's actually two courses down there as i'm looking here wow okay we've loads of holes to choose from that's great um the mckenzie course it's hardly an Oscar mckenzie course is it i don't know what oh, you you're, you're throwing questions at me there i didn't expect I just had a quick look at the at the website and there's an it's a Dr. Alistair McKenzie. <laughs> now for those of you who may not be up to date with golf golf architecture, Alistair McKenzie design, designed Augusta National. Jeez. His first major engagement in the south of Ireland in 1924 was at Muskerry Golf Club, County Cork. We presented plans for a course extension from nine holes to eighteen. We better be playing the Alistair McKenzie now. As wild, Dr. McKenzie's opinion about the eighth hole, now the sixth, is expressed in his report thus It should make one of the best short holes in existence and would be somewhat of a similar type to the Eden Hole at St. Andrews. Now, oh, good. Now, there you go. Bloody hell, basically playing Augusta. <laughs> okay, well, that's all is that what, that what we're pitching Muskerry Golf Club as now? Is it the Augusta of Ireland? Well, designed by the same person. Show me another one. Well, there's a few. There's actually a couple. Of, there's, a couple. There is a couple. I think he was fairly like. Uh, I'd always question like 
how involved he, he was because his, well, there, he, he, with a lot he designed of a second nine for the for for this place like it's it's interesting as you always go into this and you you like hear of alistair mckenzie and he's like there's a, there's a significant amount of lore around the course mm -hmm. he's 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 been involved in so he was involved in Lynch. He designed Cork Golf Club. What do you this mean by involved with Lynch? Was it like he drew a green and gave it to someone else, or was it actually like he was boots on the ground? I'm fairly sure. I'm just going to look into this now because that that's actually an interesting point. Because like, did he? What did he do? Or what did? How did he? What was the element that he that he? was involved in like he obviously was in cork at a particular time in his life because he has been involved in a number of courses or his name is attached to a number of golf courses and this kind of goes to your point around like what was the extent this would be an interesting piece actually like alice jock Alice mckenzie and his and his impact on on irish golf so douglas golf club is in there as well galway golf club uh la hinch and muskery yeah Nina is there too. This is really interesting. Like he was obviously in the region for quite some time. Yeah. And had like you'd wonder what the circumstances were around that. But from Nina down to Cork, so, so Nina Muskery into Cork, Douglas would obviously be um quite like from a proximity perspective actually quite close and back into when he was doing it but that's really interesting you should yeah we'll try and talk to someone down there about that because that's that is very interesting yeah like like they are saying like his courses includes cork Lahinch, that nine in muskery galway now I know that the Galway one is 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 a slightly tenuous link. I believe yeah. I think that was a Ken good, Carney like... would disagree with you on that. Well, does he say it is fully Alistair McKenzie? No, he, he... he doesn't <laughs> think it is, doesn't he? No, I, I I think he would say it isn't at all. Yeah, I think that's what I meant. It was a tenuous yeah. link that they that they associate. Now, whether however the rest of them are tenuous, I don't know. And what's the relevancy of 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 that? I don't know. But certainly, I know Cork kind of really lean into it. Um, because I think there is a far, far much more of the original design, and but I was actually I didn't actually think I thought for some reason that the hint was a Harry Colt, but there you lo go. and behold, um, it's not. So there you go, playing Augusta this weekend. He was paid two and a half thousand pounds for what? By Musgrave Golf Club for the venture. In when? Whenever he did the work. 1924. Two and a half thousand quid in 1924. Yeah. Now, the equivalent of two and a half thousand now, or actually two and a half thousand back then? So, a scheme, a two and a half thousand pound scheme was approved for work on the 18 holes Musgrave venture. But as the weather was unkind, the expenditure ran to well over three thousand pounds. The crisis was averted when a dozen members paid several year subscriptions in advance. There you go. Right. So, they, pay, oh, they paid two and a half thousand. Then okay, okay. Like to give you to to put it to plug it into an actual um like an inflation thing. Uh, 
that's two and a half thousand nineteen twenty four is actually worth two hundred twenty thousand now. So I was like, you know, two hundred twenty grand to design nine holes. I was like, Jesus, profitable been in Cork back then. There you go. <laughs> this 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 went off on tangents like I never thought. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Impressive. Do you want to? I'm. I've definitely brought this fact up to you before about mm-hmm. Alison McKenzie and payment. Did you know that Alison McKenzie was never actually paid? in the end for the work he did on Augusta National. He was meant to get paid 10,000 pounds and again, early 1920s, I think it was 1929. And he ended up dying years before, like years later, but they were never able to pay him because they were so financially strapped for a while. Um, That's interesting, 10,000. So based off that calculation that I did there, that was a million quid. Yeah. Wow. I think he died in poverty as well. And wow, we should actually like get someone on who knows their stuff about Alison McKenzie. Better I know, like as you dig into it, you're just like, this is um, that that's that's incredible. The the detail that goes into as you dig a bit further, what what comes out about all the intricities and eccentricities of yeah of of that. So it would have been Clifford Roberts, wouldn't it? Yeah, Clifford yeah. Roberts, who had demons of his own. He was a like depressive alcoholic, and it, he killed himself on site. He shot himself on the 11th, didn't he? Yeah. Shotgun. Yeah, yeah I know how a shotgun works. <laughs> um, so does he. So does he. Um, that's, yeah, like the, wow, stories are in that. So, and was that part, was the non payment down to a Clifford Roberts issue or? Uh, the Great Depression hit. Um, Right, and that was right. Like he lost all his money as well. Yeah, like, and yeah, pretty much loads of them who were invested in Augusta at the time, uh, including Bobby Jones, lost just like everything. Just lost their shirt. Um, and was that was that where the the masters then came from? That they probably had to do it and try try and raise some money. No, so they were trying to raise money. So they started to build the golf course obviously before that i think it was the early 1920s um but i think they would they built it with the plan to always host some form of pga tournament right i'm gonna have to reread the book on the masters to actually get you the correct facts and figures give me give me a couple of weeks and and we can do this properly and we'll yeah, get into definitely. it. We'll get into the history of the Masters. We'll do it in the lead up to the Masters. All the the wild stories. Because like if you don't know a huge amount about Augusta National and, and the Masters and the building of the course and just the way it was run, there's like a lot of skeletons in those closets. Like financially, kind of just even like socially and morally. It's wild. It's a wild place. That's impressive. That's actually so cool. Yeah, I'm actually reading now on Alistair McKenzie as well and his yeah. influence on Lahinch and all those places. So cool. Okay, right. people expect a fairly detailed podcast on golf course designers. Now, this is for the nerdy of you, so your casual listener, we will forgive you if the numbers drop off completely on this one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get. Anyway. I what, what we'll do is we'll we'll get um we'll send a message out to either Ken Carney or Ali McIntosh or our resident golf architects. Um, and see yeah, it doesn't have to be on. a real structured conversation here. Let's just like randomly see where it goes. It like yeah. Alistair McKenzie, discuss. <laughs> yeah, right. It was like, and see what, and see what happens. That like, that would be 
fascinating okay podcast idea very soon i had said this to you that we should do this in in a roundabout form yeah maybe this is putting the horse the cart horse before the cart which is very normal i would have thought (laughs) i had the cart before the horse but like yeah that, that could work and for people listening in, this is probably about as organized as our podcast gets. So, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Well, there is a plan, which means it is very, it is different to the rest of them. This is wild. Look, I, I, we'll leave it at this, right? Okay. So, this is for you, listeners. Augusta barely had the resources to cover the $200 weekly wage bill of its staff let alone the more handsome sum invoiced to augusta by astro mckenzie repeatedly mckenzie sent letters with his bills but once his letters started to get no response after a few months mckenzie sliced his bill in half and then wrote these distraught words to the georgia club i am at the end of my tether no one has paid me a cent since last june we have mortgaged everything. Can you possibly let me have $500 to keep us out of the poorhouse? Sick. Like, what, what a horrendous way to... Because he died soon, soon after. What a horrible way to... For a man of that, like, reputation to just finish his days. True, the greatest establishment that American golf can provide so they say jesus yeah. when you dig into it it's a <laughs> seedy old place isn't it it is but it's national it also just it really it is Look, yeah. there's a lot there's a lot more bad than good about it in its history but yeah a lot more bad isn't there really like yeah i like mean the amount people of, can say the same amount thing about of sports, in general, the, yeah the, but the amount of washing that is being done either sports or whatever you want to call it by them reputation washing put it that way like is it any wonder that they do so much to try and like be a such a wrong word for this but have the whiter than white image that they do like to portray yeah and it was just a (laughs) oh man it was a bad place Yeah. yeah everyone wants to go and Liv might be building a golf course right next to it. Oh, jeez. Hey, look. I, I like my sports washing done one way. <laughs> oh, God. Don't know what right. to say. No, well, I think we've rambled on enough. Let's leave it at that. Um, as I mentioned, guys, we will be playing golf this Thursday. We have a video from my Juliet coming very soon where Dave got custom fit for a brand new Odyssey putter. Uh, which is fascinating. The more I rewatch re- it to edit it, it's actually a very, very interesting video. Yeah, because I'm I'm completely stumped. Yeah, completely it's, stumped. It's not and what I, I thought you'd finish up in. All right, I have to go and buy a new putter as well. Jesus. Right. Until then, guys, we will see you in the next episode. On the tee, Jack Nicholas. This is the minute. The millions around the world have waited for. We will allow you to enjoy all of this. They are dancing in the pubs of Dublin. Harrington with an ace. And we have a shining star at sunset. Rory continues 
his run to greatness. The return to glory.